Introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. Saturday night, the latest I've ever recorded for my podcast, but I've been struggling. I've been, I've got Mike Doggett on today. That's not why I've been, <laughs> that's not why I've been struggling. Uh, I've been trying to, uh, you know, figure out who the, who are the, who are the legends of Texas theater that I haven't had on yet. And this, the list, fortunately, thankfully, grac- graciously has been getting shorter and uh, I haven't had Mike on yet. I've I've known Mike now for a little bit just because of uh, Fort Bend uh, theater camps that we used to have, and Mike was one of the teachers. I think we talked about that in this interview, but uh, uh, so I had Mike on, and uh, he ended up actually giving me quite a few suggestions on people to talk to as well, uh, giving me contact information. I ended up landing one of those. The other one, I'm still in the works. I'm uh, not going to name names, but uh, you'll figure it out. Maybe. I don't know. But anyway, so I had Mike on. I, I've been struggling this week. Uh, and I'm going to talk just a little bit about it, but I, I, I just recorded two separate 30-minute, 30 30-plus-minute 30 versions of what I wanted to talk about, thinking, you know, I'll post these as this week's episode. And it was about mental health, and it was about us as teachers and us forgiving ourselves for just the amount of work that we put in, and should we be putting in this amount of work if we're not being paid the right amount of money to do what we do are we doing it for the kids are we doing it for the love of the art or are we just driving ourselves crazy and into the ground and our mental health is suffering because of it our families are suffering because of it and then i decided you know what who am i uh two four six oh one just kidding uh but who am i to come on here and kind of discuss mental health and give my opinion on things. It's not really my place, so I decided not to do that. But, you know, at some point, if you ever want to hear me talk about it or have a discussion about it, by all means, hit me up at Texas Thespian State Festival. I have no, or I say I have no, but I have very few responsibilities uh, this year at Texas uh, Thespian State Festival. Um, because I'm not taking students, um, and I'm not a part of the state board. I'm on the thespian board, but I'm on the, uh, the educator conference board. So I don't really have a lot to do. I'm going to be doing kind of, uh, some odd jobs here and there. You'll hear my voice at some points during the weekend. I'm not going to tell you where and when, just know that you'll hear it. Uh, but uh, at least that's the plan right now. But I'm excited about festival. I'm excited to be able to kind of just do what I want. I might even wear some Minor Wisdom shirts and so that you can just stop me and we can talk. But I do have an opinion on a lot of things, and I at some point need to do an episode about me. Well, why not? It's called Minor Wisdom, and it's my podcast, and I've only divulged a little bit of information throughout the uh, 130-plus episodes that I've had on here. And uh, my wife told me a couple weeks ago, she said, have you ever thought about doing an episode on you? And she could interview me. And uh, a lot of people love hearing my wife. I like hearing my wife, too. I love hearing my wife. I married up. I got kicked my coverage, if you will, uh, Lewis. Um, but uh, I'm, you know, maybe I'll do that. I don't know. But I, I feel like I'm my... The, the people I interview by saying, uh, who, wants to, uh, who wants to listen to me? Nobody wants to listen to me. So anyway, I uh, I do plan on doing that at some point. But uh, this week, again, I have Mike Doggett on. Uh, my wife posted something on Facebook. Uh, she's doing well. She's going to look for another job, you know, like at some point. I, I don't know if anytime soon, but she may finish the school year. She may not. I don't know. But um, those of you that are friends with my wife, you saw that post. And I appreciate all those people that uh, lended their support um, to it. Uh, you know, one of the things that I talked about in the uh, now um, deleted conversation that I had with myself uh, is the idea of um, if you are having issues, stand up for yourself. Uh, A lot of people commended my wife for like doing what she wanted to do, which was go to the principal and say what she needed to say. And then the principal said, take the next couple weeks off. And it was very commendable. And it was what every administrator should do in that situation. But people were commenting about like, hey, way to do that. Like, I feel the same way. 
So then why don't you go say something? Like, you know, I'm not saying everybody needs to just take two weeks off. That's not what I'm saying. And and Jennifer might not, as we record this, that's not her plan. But uh, why not do it? Why why not stand up for yourself? Um, I had a chat with a teacher friend today. And they were talking about stipends. And said that if you divide your stipend by the amount your district pays for supplemental pay... That's how much your district expects you to work after contract hours. You know, take that for what you will. Do that if you want. And then maybe reconsider how much after school time you put into shows. And maybe do what the district feels you are valued at and see if they like it. See if it's an expectation for you to do four shows, five shows, six shows, seven shows, eight shows a year. Or is that just your own self-mutilation? Are you just doing that to yourself? I don't know, man. You know, some people, I like to work, you know, like I like doing shows. So, but you also can't just do them for free because then you're going to be taken advantage of. So, you know, there are some people that are glutton for punishment, gluten free for punishment. That's for you, Philip Taylor. Uh, But, uh, you know, I, I... it's a long conversation to have, and I know there are lots of people, advocates out there that are, are pushing for theater directors to get be- paid better and, and, and more recognition and such. And, um, you know, I know we're not marching band, you know, but we do the best we can with what we've got. Bless their little heart. So I hope to uh, see people at festival. Uh, I sent out a thing on Facebook about the uh, educator conference, getting people to sign up for workshops. Contact me. Let me know if you're interested in doing a workshop and signing or and, and being a workshop presenter. Um, I, I can't guarantee that you're going to get picked. The pickings are, uh, or, or not the pickings are slim, but the, the, the slots, you know, fill up fast. It's a smaller conference than state festival. We don't have a hundred rooms to fill. We only have a handful. So, you know, we can't just take everybody, but I would love to hear. And also we don't want to have like 20 people doing stage intimacy or 20 people doing voice work or something like that. We want to have a variety of options for you directors out there. So uh, opened up Godspell this week at Class Act Productions. If you're in the Woodlands area, go see Godspell at Class Act. You'll have, as this drops, you'll have Sunday and then next weekend. Uh, working on Greece right now at my school, school, uh, and doing some other things. I uh, got some other prospective options out there. So enough about me. Um, I look forward to talking with more people very soon. I've got a few interviews in the can. Make sure you leave a five-star review. Make sure you leave a nice comment. Make sure you are checking out the Twitter and friending me on the Facebook and all of that jazz. I look forward to talking with you again next week. Enjoy my interview with Mr. Mike Doggett. It all started in Rogers, Texas. Uh, small 2A uh, town in central Texas. Uh, people say, where's Rogers? I said, well, it's right between Buckles and Heidenheimer. You know, what's right there? Uh, <laughs> but no, it's uh, 15 miles east of Temple, uh, really between Temple and Cameron, two kind of notable uh, towns there. Uh, but uh, grew up there, went from K to 12 on one plot of land, like literally one block. We just moved from one building to the other building. I uh, had 59 in my graduating class. Uh, when I went to, when I got off to college, people were like, you know, all these large schools of like, I had, I had 900 in my class. I was, I was 24th. I was 15th. I was ninth in my class. And I would say, well, you know, I was 14th in my class. I didn't tell them how many I was in a class. But uh, as far as the theatrical kind of beginnings for me was uh, really, I'm kind of a creature of UIL. I mean, I wouldn't be sitting here right now without UIL. Because back in my day in Rogers, uh, we didn't have a, um, a certified theater teacher. We didn't have anybody with any real theater experience. And we didn't really, I don't know, they used to do like back in the early 70s, they would do like senior class play and junior class play. And there were kind of these really tired, like hillbilly plays with like newspaper covering the walls and you know and so uh I would go watch those and but most of all it was the one act play uh and eventually but by the time I got to high school the junior the junior play and the senior class play were gone and so really all we had was the uh UIL one act play and so they would 
whoever directed the play was somebody who was, you know, was volunteered or voluntold. Uh, and so when I was a freshman, there was a lady there and it was Viola Cornelius, I'm sorry, Viola Cornelius. Uh, and we all called her Mamaw. And she, uh, she was the superintendent's uh, wife and she taught uh, English primarily. And so she had kind of taken that on years before I emerged as a little snot-nosed freshman. And, uh, and she had had success and she had gone to state a couple of times and never won. Um, and then kind of flash forward past my high school career, uh, Rogers has seen really tremendous success. I mean, I think uh, Talistraco was there. You know, once they kind of figured out, well, maybe we should hire a theater teacher. Maybe we should offer some theater classes. And Chip Chapel came down from West Texas and was the principal, uh, brought Talistraco down. And then after Tal, I think it was Scott, Tempt Scott Tipton was there. Uh, Philip Taylor was there. Josh Harriman was there. Uh, oops, sorry about that. Uh, and so others, uh, you know, I think those are the, the, the big ones that, you know, I think maybe five state titles uh, within a number of 10 or years or so. Uh, so tremendous success. Uh, my high school period was the other end of that, uh, where, <laughs> you know, for every great success, you've got to have some failures and, and some losers. And so that was that was my time period. My freshman year. Uh, was Viola Cornelius's last year to to, to teach, uh, and so I was, you know, I was just I just wanted to be a part of the play because I remember going and you know with folded metal chairs sitting on the gym floor, and we had our stage was on the end, the 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 long end of a, a 1940s gym. We had to roll up the baskets, and you know, we, and so anyway, we would watch. I would watch her one act play, and so I thought I want to be a part of that. And so I've been like, I don't, oh, I don't want to act. I, I don't think I can do that. So I thought, let me just do tech. I'll do tech. And I said, well, I can pull the curtain. And so uh, for that particular, that, that play, what was that called? The Staring Match. I don't know. That one hadn't really been in circulation for a while. Uh, you know, Mr. White, Mr. Black. And we have, anyway, uh, and so I pulled the curtain and nobody told me that I could get up and do other things. So I sat there on a stool right by the curtain rope the entire time. I opened it, I sat there very quietly, and then the show was over and I closed that curtain. So yeah, I was, that was my gig and I was good at it. Uh, so uh, like I said, uh, Viola uh, retired after my freshman year. And we, like I said, we were uh, 15 miles east of Temple. And so, you know, you've got little 2A Rogers and you've got like, it wasn't 6A Temple back then, it was 5A, but they became 6A when the, the A's, we added that A. Um, and so a lot of times teachers that kind of got into trouble or kind of like kind of wore out their welcome at the big school and temple, they, they kind of like ushered off down to Rogers and we would get them. And so uh, in comes this uh, teacher from temple. I won't mention any names. I will mention his first name. This is kind of funny. His first name was Romeo. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so he was voluntold, uh, you will be the new one act play director. And he was a science teacher. So he was kind of, you know, not really close as far as, you know, the disciplines. And so we, uh, I'm still on my track of, I'm, I, that stool is mine. I pull the curtain. That's what I do. And so we get into doing the play. They, they, they did, we did some great literature. Uh, they did uh, of winners, losers, and games. I don't know if you're familiar with that show. I hope you're not. Uh, and, and so at some point, Somebody either gets, they flunk out, they drop out, they get kicked out or whatever it is. And so they come to me and go, Mike, you have got to play this part. We, we, we need you. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I'll pull the curtain. The play can't go on unless you do this. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. So after I agree to do it, I find out that my role, my first role is uh, hate. I, I play hate in a purple tunic and tight and leotard. And so this whole play was about a couple uh, and there was like a death of a child. And every time they talk about different emotions, whatever, we pop out from behind a curtain and have this spiel, you know, great, great literature. Uh, so that was my first uh, entry into uh, the acting world. My second year, we kicked that up a notch or third year, rather, uh, my junior year. We, we're we're going to do The Importance of Being Earnest. OK, good show, right? 
Well, Romeo didn't know that it was a farce. He didn't know that it was funny. And so here we go on, a, on our journey to produce this dramatic, tragic importance of being earnest. Um, and so Temple High School was also doing, of course, this is the time before Natasha. Uh, so I'm not sure who the director was, but they were doing it. So I think that's probably where he got the idea. So we all take the 15 mile trip up to Temple to see their production of it. And so we're sitting there and we're like, <laughs> they think this is funny. My God, what, what they've got it all wrong. You know, so off we go to contest doing the dramatic importance of being earnest. And of course, when the contest was over, we were like, of course, we were like, we were screwed. Oh my God, it was the greatest production ever. Uh, and uh, I, I wish I had a videotape of the, uh, the judge. I think it was Seeley Turner. Uh, and his, how he kept a straight face and talking to us, but you know, we didn't have a clue. Uh, so after the junior year, uh, Romeo decides he's had enough, and <laughs> so had we. And so again, we don't have a director. Um, so at this small school, both my parents are teachers. So my mother was—I had my mother for uh, freshman and junior English. I had my dad for seventh grade science and JV football coach. Um, and, uh, so I convinced my mother somehow to direct the play. And so she, she agrees. And we had seen, uh, Lake Travis do a play called louder. I can't hear you. Uh, and, and so I convinced her to do that play because of course I wanted to do the, the, the lead kind of Archie Bunker screaming, hollering, character that never listens to anybody you know so I get my mother to direct it I cast myself in the lead and we're off and running <laughs> so um we did uh advance that year and I got best actor uh and so that was kind of fun uh but we were still so stupid and didn't know what we were doing we didn't have any kind of lighting ability and so the play had two settings it had the um kitchen of the house that the family lived in and it had a nurse's office and so we got the bright idea and I don't know if it, it was probably mine I don't know if I'm gonna take credit for it but we we took all the flats so the show began with all the flats covering half of the stage and covering the nurse's station and so during the show when it's time to move from kitchen to nurse we stopped the show no transition music no you know nothing we moved the flats over to cover up the kitchen scene which we've already seen and we play the scene in the nurse's station, the nurse's office. Well, when that scene's over, what do we do? We stop again. We move the flats back over and cover up another piece of the set that we've already seen. And so, <laughs> uh, yeah, we were we were not uh, stellar. Um, and so, <laughs> uh, the, yeah, that was my high school career. Um, and uh, so, let's see what else. After that, I I uh, went to. Central Texas College in Colleen, and I thought I was going to be like in telecommunication. I thought I'll be a news broadcaster. I thought that's what I wanted to do because uh, everybody's always, you know, and, and I get students with their parents still doing, you know, trying to talk them out of theater. Oh, yeah, that's, that's too hard of a life. You're not going to make any money, You're, you know, whatever, whatever. Uh, and so I went and I did that and I kind of left that. And then I went to uh, Temple College, only stayed at Colleen one semester. I was I was too much of a country boy, mama's boy, and I couldn't deal with, I live living in the dorm. So I'm, I moved back home, went to Temple College and did theater there. And so, um, again, my, my, my mom, you know, at that time, teachers were making nothing, you know, in the, in the early mid eighties. Uh, and she wanted, of course, me to have a job and make a, you know, <laughs> take home a bigger paycheck. Uh, so she was always kind of me against me being a teacher or, and, and of course, my dad, being the coach, was not a real fan of uh, theater. Uh, and so, you know, I was I was kind of that uh, the coach's son athletic disappointment, uh, you know, because all the coaches, kids, male kids, be you know, in, in my world before me and after me were all these super athletes, you know, and here here I am. I'm literally trying to play the part of a football player uh, because. In, in little towns like Rogers, that's the in group. There is no other group. You either play football or you're a loser freak outcast. And so, especially when your dad's a coach, you know, what are you going to do? And so, yeah, I attempted to play the role of a football player. Uh, not very well. No, no best actor medals there. <laughs> uh, and so 
I would go, I, I, I would, I would spend a semester in, as a theater major. And then I would, I would change off to other things. You know, people were trying to convince me, you know, I tried computers and I got a little taste of cobalt programming. I'm like, Ooh, no, 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 not for me. Uh, and so I kept coming back to theater. And so after about three or four changes, I'm like, you know, this is, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what makes me happy. Uh, and so that's what I finally, uh, stuck on. I uh, went to Texas State uh, after my two years at uh, Temple College and uh, loved Texas State so much. I'm like, I want my whole four years there. So I stayed there, you know, so it, it took me six years to get my bachelor's. Uh, and it was funny, I would I would go home and, you know, my dad, the very unemotional coach, you know, with few words, I would walk in. He's like, what are you going to do with that degree? I'm like, um, well, I'm thinking of, I'm going to be a professional actor, oh, you know, and so uh, after I graduated with my BFA in acting, it kind of, it kind of hit me that, you know, it hit me way earlier than that. You know, I was like the big fish in the little Temple College pool. And then I got to Texas State. I'm like, oh my God, I wasn't even a minnow in that pool. And I thought, you know, I don't think I have what it takes to be a professional actor. So after I got my bachelor's, I went back and worked on my teaching certificate, you know, go home. Well, what are you gonna what are you gonna do with that degree? I'm gonna be a teacher. Oh, you know, so could never, you know, make my dad happy. <laughs> and so uh did that, uh graduated. Actually, I learned a, 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 a an important lesson, one of those kind of too late lessons that after you get a bachelor's, you get your bachelor's degree, the the college only gives you, or at least at that time, uh a, a year of financial aid. So I hadn't finished my teaching certificate, and all of a sudden they're like, oh. You're, you're cut off. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll go now. And so I went to Austin to a couple of like a job, a couple of odd jobs. Uh, ended up in Temple at the Cultural Activity Center and kind of acted my way into a the tech the tech director job uh, for that particular theater. Uh, didn't know what I was doing. Was constantly you know pulling out my old textbooks and figuring out how to do it. Uh, but after a year and a half there, I thought you know I need to finish my teaching certificate. And so I, I kind of wandered up the, the 30, uh, Highway 35 a bit to Baylor and said, what, what kind of, you know, I'm, I'm looking at finishing my teaching certificate. Uh, and there uh, in the theater department, they said, oh, well, we've got funding for like five grad students. I'm like, oh, and they're like, yeah, we'll pay you. We'll pay your tuition. Um, we'll pay you like a monthly, like $800. I forget what it was. I think it was $800 a month stipend. Uh, you know, you'll work in the shop and, and we'll, you know, you'll be a TA and do all this stuff. And I'm like, hey, that's great. Uh, so I called my buddy, Ronnie Watson. I was like, hey, hey, Ronnie, they got money for, let's go. And so Ronnie came and I went. And so uh, we did that uh, at Baylor. Of course, the thing they didn't tell us, you know, you don't think about fees, right? You know, they said, we'll pay your tuition. Um, we're not paying the fees. The fees were like $2,000 a semester. I'm like, whoa. Uh, but anyway. Uh, so that was a good experience at Baylor. And uh, after I decided I wanted to be a teacher, you know, it was kind of like this thought in my head. I'm like, I've spent all this time on acting, but I've really kind of schluffed off on the technical side. You know, like, you know, I really didn't pay attention in, in stagecraft. I wasn't really, I wasn't a good drafter, you know, lighting, you know, I just kind of, you know, knew that I knew how to hang it. Uh, so I was really nervous about like going into teaching because I knew I had to know everything. Uh, and, and at that time, you know, technical directors and, and multiple, multiple uh, directors in a program wasn't, you know, that big a thing, or maybe I just didn't know it. Uh, and so um, that was really worrying to me about going into teaching and not knowing how to do the technical stuff, build the sets, hang the lights, program the board. Um, and so, between undergrad and fiddling around and a, you know, a technical director's job that I was kind of like figuring out as I went and then Baylor for a master's. So I was 29 years old before I got my first teaching job. So I, I think that kind of helped me in a sense uh, because I kind of had figured out more about the technical and, and the, the other aspects, you know, putting on a show. And then with my parents, I grew up with, with teachers. And so that was kind of a thing that really, you know, I, kind of you know learned <laughs> I grew up they they never seemed to have a really good administrator I was always 
I've always been really lucky and had really good principles, but, you know, I would listen to all the horror stories or the, you know, my dad being a coach. So it's kind of, kind of the same thing as a, a theater director, you know, you deal with the parents, they're upset. My kid didn't get to play, you know, my kid didn't get the role, whatever. And so I kind of had all that kind of built up in my toolbox. And so uh, after, after we got done with Baylor, uh, Bill Cook was, was, and, and Lynn Murray were best buds. They went to like UT together a hundred years, something years ago. Um, and uh, so Lynn Murray got me my first job. He uh, actually got Ronnie Watson. I both, we, we both left Baylor and he said, Hey, there's a, there's two positions uh, open out in Odessa. And so that was, you know, to go back to some of your other podcasts, Missy Head was just leaving Odessa High and going down to like Victoria area. And so Ronnie Watson and I both together go up to Odessa High uh, and uh, kind of took that job on together. Uh, he moved on to Sonora. My, uh, I stayed a second year. And then, you know, I did that little mistake of thinking like I'm going to find the greener grass and, and go for this other job. And so I went to San Angelo Central um, where uh, Kim Bland was a senior, my, my one year that was there. Um, and so Jackie, uh, Jackie DeMont Mullen, uh, who's a really another interesting character you might uh, consider uh, interviewing. She was at Permian. And so we went down there together. Uh, Kelly Russell had just left and Norma Watts had just retired. And so uh, the actual school really wasn't a good fit for us because I learned another valuable lesson. Don't ever try to replace a legend. And so Norma Watts had been at that school for a long time, had a lot of success. David Stevens was there and then David left and Kelly Russell was speech and then moved over to theater. So they had some huge success, some big old shoes that Jackie and I were having a hard time filling right off the bat new there. And so we stayed a year and then kind of moved on. And um, actually I, I, I had a, such a bad year of it. I, I quit teaching uh, for a year uh, and kind of went out into the kind of the professional gig world um, and so in that one year, I realized that it was not, you know, it took a year to be out to realize I needed to go back in because that's, that's what I, that's kind of what, what I was meant to do. And at this point, I'd spent all the time of educating myself that way, that really nobody else would give me a job doing anything. You either, you're either too educated or you're not experienced enough for this other particular theater job. Um, and so Lynn Murray comes to my rescue again. And Lynn Murray was always amazing because you call Lynn Murray up and he knew every open job in the state. He goes, yeah, I got one out here in Victoria. I got one out here. And, you know, and so um, the, the, my, the principal at industrial high school calls him up. Hey, I need a theater teacher. I just lost a really great theater teacher. That theater teacher was Missy Head. Uh, so I'm like, I'm told Missy, I'm like, Missy, I'm really not stalking you and following you around, but let me know where your next gig is and maybe I'll follow you there too. Uh, and so Missy was always, you know, when you follow, when you come into a program, um, and, and, and follow a teacher, you know, sometimes it's really good. Sometimes it's really bad, uh, depending upon how the teacher before prepared those kids. And so always had Missy head always had such a, an outstanding program. And those kids were always so well prepared because uh, she would tell them, say, hey, you're going to learn new experiences and new ideas and new things from these other new directors. And so it was always really uh, great uh, following Missy. I wish I could have done it a little more. Uh, but anyway, so Lynn Murray, uh, he, he says, well, I know this guy. He, he quit after three years. I don't know if he wants to do it again. Uh, he's having a hard time passing his math certification test. I don't know. And so <laughs> he goes, but you can call him up. And so this, uh, um, uh, uh, the, my principal at the time, uh, Tony Williams, a great guy, uh, he calls me up and just kind of like by the tone of his voice, I'm like, yeah, this is a guy I want to work for. And so uh, I went to industrial, which was a 3A school, kind of down in the cotton field, down near Port Lavaca, that had a big arts, uh, big affinity for, for fine arts. Uh, had like a thousand seat theater. The marching band was kind of bigger than the football team. Uh, and so, so I spent a good 16 years there. And, uh, and then I, I got to the point, I'm like, you know, I just don't want to turn 50 in Vanderbilt. You know, there wasn't even a population on the sign. You drive 30 miles to go to the, to the, uh, to the nearest grocery store. And so 
Uh, I left there after 16 years and went to um, Spring High School. One of uh, the fine arts director there was, he used to, we hired him right out of, out of, high, out of college as our assistant band director. And so I went to Spring High School. Now, you know, I got myself, you said, I, you know, I didn't want to turn 50 in the country. So I got myself the city. I got myself what I asked for, right? I got myself a little bit more than I asked for. <laughs> so it's talking about two different universes from spring high school to industrial high school. Uh, but uh, I stayed there three years and it was a tough crowd. The, the high school was a tough crowd, but the theater students were amazing. It's like, we'd have to like run them off uh, after rehearsal. Like, you gotta go home, we're tired, uh, we wanna go home. But they were amazing uh, theater kids uh, and uh, had some really good shows and really good, really good experiences there. Uh, and then I went from there to Magnolia West, um, which is kind of like, again, two different worlds. Magnolia West was kind of uh, a large industrial. Spring would let me do anything. I wouldn't say anything, but they would let me push the limits as far as you could push a limit in high school. Uh, and so I think I did uh, my second or the third year I did for one act play called Looking for Normal, which was about um, a Midwestern John Deere factory worker who tells his family that uh, I'm transgendered. I'm a, I'm a woman trapped in a man's body and I'm going to have a ch do gender reassignment. And so it's all about that and the family. And, you know, it's pretty racy. And, and, and but so I get over to Magnolia West <clears throat> and have uh, <clears throat> really good kids, really good experience. But my fine art director, I had to submit my scripts for him to approve. Uh, and so I would get an email back, you know, a lot of times you give a, your a script to an administrator, they don't, they don't read it. Uh, but he read it. I'd get an email back. Oh, page 13, hell page 47, uh, uh, bitch, or, you know, whatever it is. Sometimes I'd forget to mark one, like an F bomb or whatever. Like, Oh, really? I'm just not, I, I, I missed that one. Uh, but anyway, it was, it was, it was pretty, uh, Bible belty, but again, another good experience. Uh, and getting to work with Rod Sheffield. Rod Sheffield was at, I was at Magnolia West and he was at Magnolia. And so that was a good experience of us working kind of in the same district. Uh, and then <clears throat> Paula Rodriguez gets the, the job of um, uh, UIL state director. <clears throat> and so that freed up her position at San Antonio College. And so that's when I moved to uh, San Antonio College. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of like my whole journey. Yeah. Uh, and so it's been it's been a, the college switching over to the college has been a, an interesting uh, uh, change. And and I've also kind of gone over to the dark side that I said I would never do as far as judging, <laughs> you know, because how, how many times we've sat there and we've, we've been judged. And, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like when I was a, a sophomore in high school and the importance of being earnest, like, oh, my God, I'm screwed. You know, sometimes we don't even know our stuff is bad until we look back later on and I'm like, man, I don't know if I could ever judge. Like, I don't know if I can be a judge and, you know, get up and, and break the hearts of those, of those other important to be earnest out there. And, and then kind of like taking that, that heat. Uh, but I have, and it's, it's been a good experience uh, as yeah. well. So. Yeah. And so, uh, well, first of all, real quick, have you seen a production of importance of being earnest as an adjudicator yet? I have. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did they do it the right way? <laughs> they didn't do it the right way. They okay. thought it was funny. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I had one. At, I was 2A state contest manager last year, and, and I had, a, I, think, I think it was there, uh, or maybe it was a region, and I, and I was the uh, contest manager, and I was telling them, like, okay, now, y'all need to get this right. And I kind yeah. of told them my story, and they all kind of laughed. And after the show was over, I said, man, y'all are really good, but yeah, it's not funny. You gotta it's take not it, yeah. funny. You gotta take it more seriously, yeah. guys. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That would be fun. Uh, so you, uh, the way you and I met, uh, was through Philip <laughs> Taylor, um, uh, and you mentioned him in in the list of great directors at Rogers. Uh, so I have to uh, disagree with you. He's he was a horrible person, and uh, just. <laughs> but anyway, no. So yeah, so much. what a jerk. Yeah. So you and I met. Uh, practically because of him because of, in Fort Bend we had this summer camp and 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 you were on the short list of hey reach out to these people uh to see if they can direct for the summer camp and so from my my you know my dad raised me to understand that a first impression is the only impression it's like you know that's that's super important and my first impression of you was a six-day span of you being an absolute beast with taking 
with doing the summer camp. And I can't remember if you were my first year of summer camp or my second year of summer camp, but it was, I still knew nothing about how this was supposed to operate. And, uh, uh, this is, this is me kind of, uh, kind of building you up a little bit, but I can't, I learned so much from watching you run that ship. I mean, being the captain of that sort of just quick six day process and the kids leaving that process just, you know, the, the problem with that process is that, and I say this in the curtain speech is that the parents sit there and say, you guys did all this in six days and you want me to send my kid to a high school where they uh, hope that they can commit eight weeks for a show. Like how, how, how come they can't do that? And, and you just kind of, you did it and you put on a whole production and you, you did the tech and I'm going to get to that in a second. Uh, you, I think you pulled up with just all kinds of crap in your car, just, you know, it said, I've got a show in a box. We're, we're doing this show. So uh, that wasn't a question. That was just me saying you're, it's pretty awesome. But, <laughs> and I have to say, I was scared. I was scared to death. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, not, I'm like, Oh my God, it's middle school. It's a, it's six days in a show. I was scared shitless. Well, and so I like, I picked a show. I knew it was the Dennis McGanza yeah. show <clears throat> yeah. um, that I had done before. So, you know, do something, you know, you know, you've got the props and, you know, just kind of bring it in and go, go at it full hard and heavy. And yeah, well, it, it turned out well and it was a really great experience. I really enjoyed that camp. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. You did. You did a great job. And, uh, to, to hear now, cause I didn't know your full history. I knew that I knew about spring and, and Magnolia and, and, uh, 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 industrial, but, um, to, to know that you've never taught middle school <laughs> and they're a completely di- my wife's a middle school teacher and I not just because of the smells but also because of the just the type of kid that they are I I, I would never it's just tough it's just a tough world anyway uh, actually actually I did yeah. at industrial I did a couple of years okay I did like one period of middle school and I would like they would bust them over one year, one year I drove over. Okay. And so, uh, I had done that show with middle school at industrial once. So there were times at industrial where I, there, I was working on like three shows at one time. We're doing right. the fall play and then I'm working with doing the junior high play at the same time and then preparing for the one act. And so right. it was, it was crazy, but okay. But yeah. So there you not go. a lot of middle school experience. Right. Well, you seem to, you seem to work with those kids really well. So anyway, uh, that's all I'm going to say about that enough building you up. Now I got to, uh, so <laughs> yeah. So when you left for a year, uh, you mentioned that, you know, you realized that, that you should be back in the classroom. How quickly did you realize that? What, at what point did you kind of say, I gotta, I need to go back. This was, you know, I, this year off was nice, but I should really be yeah, in the classroom. Yeah. It, 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 it was, it was probably a good six, eight months into that year, maybe longer. You know, I was doing, I mean, I was doing just whatever I could do. I was, uh, I call it temp to fire. You know, I did the temp to fire thing and, and, and went through several of those things. And I was trying to apply for like community theater jobs or, you know, uh, managing director jobs. And, and you know, they were like, well, you don't have enough experience for that or college jobs you know, that didn't have any college experience. So I had a master's degree, but they wouldn't touch me either. And so I finally landed at the Tuna Little Theater at the Anatole Hotel, which was kind of fun. They were, they were, uh, Justin and Joe were workshopping uh, Red, White, and Tuna at that point. And so I got to watch them workshop that show like every night and trying out new bits. And so we, re- we did a show called Some Like It Cold. It was like uh, two performers from California and a Texas piano player. And it was all cool Porter songs. And so... Yeah, we lasted, we got a lukewarm review and we lasted about, I don't know, three or four weeks and they shut us down. They're like the piano, the piano player and the singers were fighting like cats and dogs. And I was the, I was the production manager because they had a director come in, they spaced it and they were out within like two weeks. And so it was the, the two, the two singers or the three singers and the piano player and me there, they're fighting like crazy. I'm the production manager. I also am the announcer I'm running the light board and the soundboard all at the same time. <laughs> so it was about then that I thought, you know what? I think I, I think, you know, looking with this time off temp to fire and doing this crazy greater tuna thing that 
I think I was like, I think I need to go back to high school. That's where I needed to be. So you worked with those greater tuna guys. Yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. Have you done any of their shows? Uh, not with them. I mean, in the, in the high school world or, or even college. Um, I never have because okay. I've seen, I've seen the shows done where they, where they, they exploded it out and right. did it with like multiple characters. But I just think that's sacrilege, right? Like, right. you know, it's supposed to be done with two people. Yeah. And so I could, I could never in good conscience take up a show slot in a season wherever I was for two people right. to do. So yeah. I just, what I didn't know. I never had done it, but uh, I'd use the video that I had a, I had a, a VHS of uh, greater tuna and tuna Christmas. I'd show those in my acting classes. I'm like, this is acting folks. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys were something else, man. I, I saw them in Galveston a long time <clears throat> back when I was a teenager uh, last week. Uh, but anyway, uh, so yeah, the, the, those guys were great. Um, you've become kind of a, a, a pretty tech savvy guy. Would you consider yourself more comfortable, uh, as I'm, I know you're not a tech director per se, but do you right. consider yourself more comfortable in that role compared to where you were, before, you know, a while oh, back? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Because, you know, when I was at industrial, uh, well, actually, at Odessa, it was me. It was Ronnie and I. We kind of did things together, um, and and then when I went to uh, San Angelo Central, Jackie Demont Marlin, she was she was she was less tech than I was. So I kind of took on the job of like tech director there, and so you know, and then and then I get to industrial. I am I'm a one man team. That's it's it's me and farm boys, uh, and so well, by the way, farm boys are great. They're great yes. scene yeah. builders. Like I could draw something up on a napkin and like they're, they're in there building this stuff with like <laughs> baling wire duct tape and they are going to right. town. Right. Uh, as a matter of fact, I built the first time uh, we went to state from industrial, I built the, I had my tech guys, my farm boys build this costume rack. It was like made out of four by eight sheets of plywood. So it was eight feet long and however <laughs> wide it had like a fold down like ironing board and shoe slots and all this stuff. And I told Lynn Murray about it. I said, Hey Lynn, I've got this thing this this costume box and he's like yeah 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 that's fine it's fine we roll up and that monster rolls out and you go don't you ever bring that thing back here again so but yeah the farm boys were great great uh set builders that's funny you gotta do you have a, a drawing of that thing <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> yeah but you know as and so i was there by myself and so you know i kind of had to learn you know that that's where I kind of learned programming the light yeah. board and, and, and those particular things. And so, uh, it wasn't until I got to spring, um, like six years ago yeah. that I actually had a true tech director right. that, and Matt Watson was his name and he was brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, he, he was, he was, he was one of those guys, he was a tech director, he was an actor, he was a director. Yeah. Uh, and so, but, but yeah, it was, it was, it was really cool having, somebody to collaborate with uh, and talk about and come up with ideas. And, you know, when you're a one man, sh you know, team of, of, you know, uh, register, they might call it uh, Baylor when they're talking fancy Baylor talk. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, you don't really have anything, any, any, anybody to bounce ideas yeah. off of. And so that, that whole collaborative process I think is so important. Did you end up finding somebody to do that with? Not necessarily at the school, obviously, but, I mean, did you have at, direct, at industrial? Yeah, did you have director friends that you would call up or uh, do that with? I did, um, and I had a the the band director that was hired the year after me. His name is Stephen Henry, and he was there. We actually left at the same time, <clears throat> and he had theatrical experience. He was in plays and stuff at San Angelo State, and so he had theatrical experience. And so he was kind of my in-house kind of. We kind of collaborated together. And then at one point we kind of merged, uh, you know, our, our kind of, he would, he would travel with me on one act trips and become my second director. And he would have in his band hall, he'd have like state meet. Those, we used to get back in the day, we only got pieces of paper. We didn't get the nice, you know, UIO owes me some of those nice, uh, whatever things. But anyway, so here's the band director with one act play director, state meet things hanging in his office. Uh, but yeah, that was, he was kind of like my sounding board and, and it was kind of funny. We actually, we took the theater, you know, because band has become very, uh, very theatrical in like their their field props, and and so I would then 
me and my theater kids in the fall, we would get involved with the band show and we would build like whatever big theater props that was going to be in the show. And then my kids, if there were kind of characters or things, and my kids, my theater kids would be out on the field in the show. And so that kind of helped visibility like, oh, there's the theater program out on the football field in the middle, you know, because football was end all be all uh, like most small Texas towns. Uh, but my district that I, uh, not my industrial district, but my competitive one act play district, uh, we were all very uh, friendly together. And so um, I always tell like new teachers, is, you know, find a mentor, you know, find a mentor that you can go to and ask these questions. But, but not only a mentor, I think is important, is uh, uh, having um, an ally. And so, you know, all of us, you know, friend and, you know, and to this day, those are some of those folks that I met, uh, Leslie Beezing uh, and Gonzalez and, and Vicki Westergren and Yoakum, and we would all like talk about things and, and we would share things, props and whatever, uh, and bounce ideas off of each other. And those were kind of like our go-to uh, people. And it yeah. really wasn't a competitive thing when we got to contests. So yeah. I think mentors are important and I think allies are too, just people that you can bounce um, ideas off of and somebody to say, Oh, dude, that, uh, uh-uh, that's stupid. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. So I want to explore that band thing real fast. Cause I mean, there are probably people listening to this, you know, there's a stigma with, with band directors in the state of Texas and the, they're, they're, some of them feel as though they're more important than God himself and, and so on and so forth. So I think that's really cool that, uh, you had a band director that, appreciated not only appreciated theater but also took part in it so uh that's a very rare uh type of uh, situation that you had it is and i would i would i would say to any young director out there go over and make friends with the band director you can't you can't battle them you can't battle them and win they've got you know the band is huge they've got huge budgets they've got booster clubs that are some of these five and six a schools are are, are raising hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so you can't, you know, the old term, you can't beat them, join them. You know, that's kind yeah. of what I did. Uh, but we had a mutual respect for each other's art. And then we, it, it almost like we were beginning to create theater out on the football field with, yeah. with you know, we would, we, we, he and I would throw, throw ideas together for like themes of the show, of the band marching show. And I'd say, hey, we could build this and we could do that. Uh, and it became, and, and so we would travel I would travel, me and my kids would travel to every, every home game. Of course, we'd travel every out of town game. We would go to, you know, all the, the practice marching contests, you know, we're, you know, I'm, I'm in, in, in like, and I would have a picture of, you know, me sitting with a band at Alamo Dome with state marching contests. Yeah. And so it's kind of cool to have that, that kind of like connection. Yeah. Aaron. And, and also band directors, I would always screw up the soundboard. If you went, <laughs> the band directors know, yeah. you know, I was like, Stephen, this damn board is not working. He'd walk all the way over. He'd come over and like, yeah, punch the one button. It's yeah. this one that I keep punching. It's this button. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But, you know, they come in and, and he was, you know, also they're really good. If you get, if you get some money to buy equipment and sound equipment, they know all the, you yeah. know, acoustical and speakers and, and soundboards and so they're really a good resource yeah uh, to have but just you can't beat them you got to join up with them 100 <laughs> yeah aaron martin of am designs uh has said many times that his biggest client or their bands it's texas bands because he creates huge pieces of scenery and all that stuff so yeah, yeah i was showing my my uh stagecraft class the other day aaron's website and i'm yeah. like we were talking about uh foam foam rubbers not foam rubber but styrofoam scenery yeah and I said, now they're even, they're even moving into, you know, I showed him the giant field props uh, that, yeah. that were being made and he does great work. Oh, he's, yeah. he's, he's, he's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah he is. Uh, so enough about him. He doesn't pay me to advertise. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've got a you terrible, know, the, terrible stuff. Yeah. Right. Right. So the curtain pulling thing, I got to re-explore that because uh, I worked with a lot of IATSE uh, guys and girls in multiple houses around the country and, you know, those, those, um, uh, uh, union stagehands, if you were the curtain puller, you didn't do anything else other than pull the curtain. So I feel like that curtain pulling thing that you did your freshman year, you know, in the IOTC world, that was your job. 
there you don't oh so i was doing the right yeah, thing you I were doing the right it. so i just have to i just have to give you a little props for that so uh so you were doing the right thing have you uh in your time teaching have you had that kid have you had the the kid that you just kind of wanted to get just through the foot in the door uh and have the curtain puller whether it was pulling the curtain or just a, a quick they had one task kind of thing and they did it to the t <laughs> Yes, yeah. exactly. And, you know, and those kind of kids, you know, sometimes we we kind of like just all you have to do is pull the curtain. That's it. You know, just come on in and join us. You know, and then that little theater bug bites. Right. Uh, and that's probably the, the thing that I've enjoyed most of my career is, you know, some of these kids will come in and they might be a freshman or might be a sophomore. And they can't really even say their name without like stuttering or stammering or, you know, couldn't read a sentence. And and then eventually you know i think i think most of the time the underclassmen are scared to death of the, the, the seniors and when those seniors finally graduate those freshmen those sophomores are like okay they're gone now watch me what and then to see a kid go from not being able to say their own name or sing the abc songs to like all of a sudden they blossom into this like amazing actor i'm like god where, where was that uh and so it, it was always interesting to see the growth of, of these particular uh, either could be technicians or even actors, uh, and a lot of times actors. Yeah, I had a, I had a student uh, that I saw all four years. She was in a phenomenal artist, uh, really sweet girl, quiet as a mouse. And then for senior directs, her senior year, she auditioned and was phenomenal to the point where we were angry with her because we're like, you've been holding on to this for for this long, for almost four years and we could have been, you know, creating, uh, uh, sh not creating shows, but creating seasons with shows around this talent. Right. And, you know, right. like, girl. Yeah, just... I've had kids graduate, and then all of a sudden I found out they sang. I'm like, yeah, right. you, you are, what, you are hiding the fact that you can sing from me? Right. How dare you? <laughs> so, uh, so a couple more things and then I want to get you out. Cause, uh, uh, I don't know if you have, you're in the college world, so you may not have Friday classes. I mean, I, no, we don't have exactly. classes on Friday. <laughs> so your weekend has I started. I have office but, hours, but I never kind of get there. I'm always kind of late on yeah, Fridays. But. Well, I won't tell anybody. Uh, <laughs> so what have you, uh, you mentioned that you've been teaching online now for, uh, 15, uh, months. 15 months. Okay. So I, I don't want to focus on the negative. I think we can all talk about what hasn't worked uh, with the online teaching, but from your perspective, and yeah, it's a little different because it is a college. Uh, what has worked for you? And if you have multiple things, just choose, just choose a couple, but what has worked for you teaching an art, a performing art? Uh, what has worked for you doing it online? <sighs> well, <laughs> the thing that worked the most for me, like those 15 months is I really enjoyed getting up out of my bed and walking into the lit to the living room <laughs> and teaching without pants for 15 months. That was, I love that. And I'm, yeah. I'm, and I have to say, I miss it. Yeah. Uh, but, um, a lot of the classes that I taught, uh, were theater appreciation. Um, and so those were kind of easy. Those were lectures and I have all my YouTube videos. So those, those went well, uh, that worked well, uh, zoom wise. Uh, but the acting class then became a little bit of a challenge. Um, and so, you know, we, I, I found that we would, we would primarily do monologues and, and we would do like scenes with just two people. And so um, <laughs> we'd always have to figure out which way to turn to look, you know, which, <laughs> and, and uh, we did some kind of creative things about where we, we discovered how to take um, a, a, a photograph that was enough uh, size or pixelated. And then they would take that photo and split it in two and then have one on as their background photo on one side and one on the other. So it looked like they were in the same place. Um, and then the breakout rooms were kind of, were kind of cool, but even though, you know, they're, they're all in different places, you know, we would, I would put them into uh, their breakout rooms so they could go rehearse. And then I would pop in from like room to room and just kind of check on, see how they're doing. Uh, but it was definitely a challenge as yeah. far as the actually acting part. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we all, we all, we were all uh, swimming upstream. But uh, so I want to get you out with a, with an OAP thing. And you've already uh, given quite a bit of good advice for new teachers. You mentioned some things a couple minutes ago and, and some things that you tell new teachers. Um, 
but with one act plays. So, so I was not raised in the one act play world. We hosted at HSPVA, but I did not compete. And I've, I've said this many times on this podcast, but, uh, so I wasn't, I didn't buy in to one act play when I became a director, when I became a, an educator, uh, it took me a while to buy in. So right. as somebody that, um, maybe a non-believer, if you will, uh, convince somebody why one act play is, uh, the sort of the, the reason we're all here in a way in the state of Texas, at least. And, and you even mentioned, uh, uh, being a teacher in a, in a solo system where, uh, slowly, but surely now, now almost every school has two teachers, three teachers, some have four, uh, which is ridiculous and lucky them. But, uh, but you know, they, they, that has a lot to do with the one act play success and the competitive nature of it and all that kind of stuff. But convince somebody why one act play is just kind of a thing to buy into. Give a, give a pep talk, if you will. You know, a lot of times people are like, you know, we shouldn't be competing. You know, it's, it's the art. We should be performing that for the sake of performance and this whole theater competing thing. That's, that's, you know, they were, that's where did that, you know, well, that's been around since the Greeks. You know, that theater has been competing as long as sports has. You know, they had, you know, the whole festivals that went on for days for tragedy and drama and they'd crown a champion and give them a goat and or whatever. Uh, and so, you know, we've been we've been competing forever. Uh, but um, I think it, for one act play, you know, for the small schools, like, you know, the, all the little Rogers out there that, you know, Rogers isn't a Rogers anymore. They've grown up and they've got, you know, state champions. And, but, you know, all these like little West Texas towns and, and towns where there's not a theater program, they might not even have a, a stage. Uh, but that, that allows that school to have a taste of theater and, and gets those kids a connection like me. I would have, like I said, I, would, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now without you. I want to play. But then you, you, you kind of expand it out into your 5A and your 6A programs. And they're like, you know, they've got full seasons. You know, there, there were, uh, it's spring one year, we did seven shows. And these were like seven full shows. And, and <laughs> it's kind of the problem. I had my two, my, my assistant and my tech director, they were both in their like late 20s, early 20s. And they would talk me into this stuff. I'm like, are you sure? We're going to do two shows at one time, one in the black box, one on the main stage at the same time. Oh, okay, let's do it. Anyway, but so the one act sometimes you know, gets in the way of that season. But, you know, for one act, it's like, number one, you could do some of the greatest stuff in the world. And, you know, a lot of times people don't see that. They don't, you know, you take that one act show out on the road. And unfortunately, administrators kind of look at that at going, you know, if you do well, I'm like, wow, you're like the great football team. You've advanced and you're bringing prestige to the school. Uh, so administrators love that when you when you kind of advance. And But you have to school them and kind of teach them, like, there's no scoreboard here. This is subjective. You know, there's many times we see the, the best show might not advance on. Um, and so I think that's important to, to get your work out, to be seen by other people. And then on the reverse side of that, you know, when you when you go to contest, uh, whether you even host it or you're traveling to another site, it's important for the kids to see as many shows as possible. You know, so they're seeing other work uh, and depending on you know where you're performing, you might see four or five different shows. Uh, and the kids, you know, we, we learn by seeing uh, things, you know, we, we learn by seeing bad stuff and then we don't do that. And then don't, don't do the dramatic version of important to be in earnest. Don't do that. Uh, or we learn by seeing great stuff. Um, and so the thing that I found most difficult when I was, especially at industrial, is that I found that, that you know, one act play, since it was only me, you know, it took up a big chunk because we'd normally, not to toot a horn, but we, we, we would normally advance on to region and maybe state. And so that took up pretty much the spring uh, for us. And so it kind of, I, I was always on that bandwagon. I always bitched and moaned and cried and pouted to Luis and then to Paula about why is there only 15 characters? Why, why do we only have 15 actors that I can put on that stage when the approved list of plays has plays that have 20, 25? Why can't I do that? You don't limit the number of, of marching band members. And so I fought that for years and years because um, at industrial I had, we, we had, we, we brought in a theater production class. And so I said, everybody, if you're going to be in my plays, 
you got to be in theater production because we would rehearse that last period and then move on, you know, one period after school. And so I thought, oh, that's a great move. And so then I had 50, I think I had like 55 kids in my theater production class. And this is tech and actors mixed together. And so I'm going, what the hell am I going to do? I've got all of these actors that are really great actors. And if they don't perform in the one act play, that means they're only doing one fall show and they're sitting on their ass for the spring. And so, you know, theater's all about kind of thinking outside the box. And so I decided, they, oh my God, I can't tell you how many people thought I was insane and they're going to send me to have my brain scanned. But I decide that I'm going to double cast my one act play. So I did. I think, I forget what show it was, but it was about 85 to 88% double cast. And so what I did was at zone, one cast performed. And then we advanced to uh, district, a new cast advanced. And we advanced to area, they swapped out again. We got to region, they swapped out again. And so um, it was kind of like an equal swapping until we get to region and then we're then their state. I'm like, oh, hell, what am I going to do now? Uh, which cast do I go with for state? You know, do, do I kind of cherry pick all the ones that I think are the best actors and go for it? Uh, and so, but I didn't. I said, okay, this is the natural rotation. Uh, thank you to the regional group that got us to state, but this is the group that's going to go on at, at state. And so, thank God that we made it to state that year with me doing that double casting thing. If I would have, if we'd have gotten knocked out at zone and one group didn't even get to perform, I, the parents would have probably strung me up in towns in the town square if we had one. We don't have one, uh, but you know, I, I think it's also important to, you know directors you know it's important i said you know one of the you know pep talks about you i want to play is the kids get to go see and learn directors we do the same thing you know i can't tell you how many things i've stolen from you know the the talistracos the kelly russells the david stevens the, the philip taylors you know you know you see this great stuff you bring it back you get new ideas you learn and you, and you grow and so that's also a good opportunity for the directors uh to learn and grow and and Sorry, I'm I'm babbling. No, now. that's good. So, what what would happen if if you mentioned that you wanted to get those papers replaced with the plaques? What a what if Paula just sent you goats? <laughs> hey, as long as the goat had like a little banner on the side that said uh, "state a shave, participant," little shaved into the side of the goat. Yeah. Okay, so I know you like your jokes. Yeah. All right. So, how many actors does it take to change a light bulb? How many? A hundred takes one to change the bulb and 99 to say, that should be me up there. <laughs> Minor wisdom.